0: Welcome to the Everyday Determinator podcast with your host, Anno Kaffer, founder of the Determinator Collective. We want to help you get off that hamster wheel of life and turn you into an everyday Determinator by sharing stories from our guests who have overcome varying challenges in life and careers and by reviewing and signposting you to helpful resources to start you on the journey to achieving your goals. For more information on the Determinator Collective, please visit www.anneocaford.co.uk. Thanks for listening,
1: Determinators.
2: Hello, Determinators. Today, we're speaking with Eric Dieter, who's a mindset coach. He's helping people to find their one epic thing through his program, The Ultramarathon Mindset. Hi, Eric. It's great to have you here. Welcome.
1: Hey, thank you a lot, Anne. I appreciate the invitation. Glad to be here.
2: And it's great to have you here all the way from Kansas City, Kansas, all the way speaking to me in Scotland, central Scotland. So, so, Eric, you a couple of years ago, you were stuck. You knew you were stuck. you had done some sort of personal developments along the way, but you were struggling to get out of that. And then I think you said in 2017, you found this key to unlock that stuckness and get yourself, you know, off the treadmill of life, I think, is probably appropriate for your...
1: That's a, that's a good yeah. yes. <laughs> tre- Treadmills are not my thing. <laughs> I did not like tre-
2: <laughs> Mine too. I-, I refer to it as the hamster wheel of life, but um, treadmill is exactly the same. Yes, um, yes. It's, it's the same thing. In my mind, I feel like treadmill is the same. What was that key? What was the catalyst for this big change in your life?
1: Well, I kind of give you just a, a small little bit of background. <laughs> I had... I had this belief that was with me all of my life that I was not supposed to be a winner. I was not supposed to be successful. That I really you know tied into ton to a lot of my upbringing and it was just it was a subconscious belief. I knew it was there. And so I started doing all these studies about the subconscious. And so I learned all these things about how the subconscious works and where the subconscious beliefs came from and the fact that you know 95% of what we do is subconscious. Most of our decisions, you know, we think we're making rational decisions, but it's actually these subconscious things that we never are aware of that are affecting what we do and what we believe. And and subsequently the life that we get. And so I knew where it was, knew where it came from, knew how I got there. And every time I tried to change, I mean, the subconscious is so powerful. Every time I tried to change, I mean, it was like failed. I mean, it was just like, I'd, I'd make progress for a little bit. And I think most of us have, you know, can identify with that kind of,
0: yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want a different life. I want something new, but uh, I can't figure out how to get there. And so I read a book called How to Break the Habit of Being Yourself by a guy named um, Joe Dispenza. Okay. And it perfectly described the interaction between the body and what I call the soul, mm-hmm. uh, the soul or the mind. I mean, so the the way that we think the thoughts that we think the emotions that we feel and the drive, or, you know, they call it the will, the willpower. And those three things is, you know, what, you know, Christian uh, tradition, they call the soul signs, you know, we call it the mind. I use those interchangeably because it's it's those, those kind of three parts. And what I found, what I discovered and the way I was raised is that most of my life I lived in my thoughts, you know, it's kind of Western civilization tradition, you know, yeah. I think, therefore I am, you know, we identify yeah. who we are with what we think. And my thoughts were disconnected from my emotions and my thoughts were disconnected from that willpower. I mean, so, you know, I would think one thing I want to lose weight, you know, and I did that. I wrote that goal for 15 years. I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. And my will wasn't detached. Neither were my emotions. It was something I was like, I knew I needed to do it. I knew I wanted to do it, but. It just didn't get done. Just not
2: get yourself there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so this book talked about the fact that the way our, our soul, our mind interacts with the body is you know, kind of tied in all together. And so every thought that we think creates an emotion, which creates a physical response in the body. And so there's this neurochemical interaction between the thoughts that we think and our bodies, which creates the emotion. And it, it's like a feedback loop. And so if you try to think different thoughts, you're creating different neurochemicals and your body is kind of used to the old neurochemicals. And so your body kind of conspires against your thoughts to keep you in the same place. That's where I was at. I was, I was stuck. So this process of learning how to think differently and to to get something different, it was when I realized it was like, okay, my body is into this as well. I need to connect my emotional, my emotional part of me and my drive along with the things that I'm thinking. And, uh, and the, he had a very simple meditation practice, and I'd failed miserably in the past trying to do meditation. Just never could seem to get it to work. But this was a, a meditation. Since it was my body conspiring against me, it was a, a feedback. So I was getting my thoughts in touch with what was going on in my body. And so mm-hmm. as I was using my thoughts to kind of manage those neurochemicals inside of my body, the other thing was, I the goal that I set was to weigh under two hundred pounds by the end of twenty seventeen, so I had a year to do it. And for all the times that had failed in the past, I started making progress. This thing started to click. I went all the way through, and then at the you know by August of twenty seventeen, I was down to one ninety five, and I knew I'd need some margin because we had you know Christmas and and we have you know celebrate Thanksgiving yeah. in November, <laughs> and you know both of those we eat a lot of food, and so I was like, I need some margin there. So I, I made the goal, but uh in the process, a friend of mine ran a 50 mile trail race in September. And I you know, I, so I was I was making progress in these things, and I looked at that and I went, I could do that. I could do that next year. And so I set the goal to run that you know, to run that same 50 miles the following year in 2018. Yep. And so I started running in 2017. And so that's yeah, kind of my story of how I got into ultra marathon running.
2: So that's um, you know, a quite a big you know, difference from I'm sitting here and I'm I know I need to lose weight. I know I need to do these things. To I can do fifty miles. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> yes. that, that, you know that's a big shift. So when you get to that point of fifty miles, and you said you said you set that target, I believe for the very next year. So you had yes. three hundred and sixty five days from I can do that, and I believe you were successful. In doing that, yes. Um, so, tell me about that first year. What challenges did you have in that first year? You know, was it a case of, you know, just reinforcing that I can do this, I can do this? Was there times where you felt, eh, what have I done? <laughs> 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 I'm sure there was at least a few times where you think, what have I set myself up for? Share a little bit about that first year of taking on that challenge after obviously climbing that hill to get to that point of saying, I can do this, and then actually doing it.
1: It was a process. There's several facets, I guess, to this. And so I'll start off with saying, I told my wife, there's a friend of mine who'd done this. I said, you know, Dan ran this race. He says, I'm going to start running trails. So that was the only thing I said. I told nobody that my goal was to run a 50-mile trail race the following year. That was something I kept totally okay. to myself. And so it th- th- was just this goal. Because I've, I've learned that you know a lot of times if if I say things out loud, if, if I set a goal and I start telling everybody, hey, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, there's something in our mind that will actually make you feel like you've accomplished it. And so you, you set yourself up for failure if you talk about a big goal like that too much. So it really was a secret goal for me. I started training and I was a runner back in my 20s and I'd quit. And so you know, I knew the process. I knew what I was going to go through to start. And so I knew those first few weeks, I was going to feel like I was going to die. I was going to just feel.
2: <laughs> Adjustment <laughs> process.
1: <laughs> it's a definite process. I was ready for that. But once I got past that initial first couple of weeks and, you know, it was just like, I started out with a mile and then, you know, kind of you know, kept that. And then I worked my way up and I felt great when I was able to actually run three miles and so then I was kind of about that point where my body was starting to get used to it. And I started bringing that same meditation practice that I had, you know, before that gotten me to that point into my running. Yeah. So as I ran, I would get feedback from my body. I was very much, you know, focused on kind of what was going on, how my body was moving. It was not, not really, a, let's say, a spiritual experience, but it, it was more than just a physical activity my mind and body were kind of in this together. And so rather than, you know, saying making my mind, driving my body to do something that was unpleasant and pushing my body to try to to just, okay, you know, there's this argument, like, you know, your brain, your mind is there saying, you know, we need to do this. And your body's saying, no, this is painful. This is not. (laughs) And so you can have your mind kind of be like a, a tyrant to drive your body to do things. And I think a lot of people do that. It's easy to break your body. I mean, runners suffer a lot of injuries because I think because of that kind of mindset. Yeah. For me, it was a mind with body, so there was this kind of give and take. So I was I was aware of asking my body to do things that were unpleasant, to do things to push past you know what felt comfortable, yeah. but not to go too far. And so that synergy, that partnership between mind and body, kind of developed through this. So that was. I guess another part of my process, my 50 mile race was, you know, I said 365 days. I set a goal for a 50 K, which is right at 31 miles. And so I I ran that. And in the process of training, I got acquainted with other people who were doing this as well. So I landed in a group of trail runners that we met, you know, we would run every Thursday and then drink beer afterwards. And so I got a good, great great
2: <laughs>
1: And it was like I started this process in September. So I ran through the winter. And so it we would run in the dark, it would be cold. We would be hanging out after our runs drinking beer. It was 15 20 degrees Fahrenheit somewhere, you know, that that's somewhere, you know, below 0 in in, in Celsius yeah. if I remember right. So that process, that that camaraderie, and I heard stories of these people who were doing, you know, hundred miles, and so there were several people who had run multiple hundred mile races. So I got into a community who viewed running those distances as a normal thing. You know, it's, it's certainly possible for that. Also helped reinforce my training, my mindset, and so those things were really what kind of propelled me. I, the fifty k. I got to a point where I I was right at 20 miles in and was going to quit because it was hot. I was tired. It was like, I don't have it in me to run another 10 miles. One of my running friends came running down the trail and says, you only have eight minutes to start your next loop or you'll be out of the race. And I I said, I can't do it. And she says, oh, just come sit down. We'll talk about it. And they dumped ice water on me and fed me and stood up. And I, I left for that final loop with two minutes to spare. And I was able to finish. That was a, a yeah, huge. Um, it was the encouragement of of other people who really helped me get. So absolutely. there's there's a, a lot of things that went into that, but uh, didn't just do it on my own.
2: No, I think for me, when thinking about resilience and taking on challenges, social connection and community is so important. And obviously, you've demonstrated a great you know an experience of that there. So was there any sort of like a closer mentorship with a you know a few individuals or was it just the community as a whole that really sort of helped to elevate you to the next step, to the next step?
1: The lady who came down the trail to help me, she and her husband are you know, very experienced runners. Both of them have run you know, hundred mile races. Yep. They were the ones that kind of took me under their wing and kind of, they gave me you know, a lot of pointers. They gave me encouragement. And so... In that time, when I got to that 50 mile race, they were there helping another runner. I had connection with them during the race. They were really kind of a mentor. It wasn't an official, them saying, I'm going to mentor you, but uh, we became friends.
2: Yeah. And I think that, that really helps, you know, having someone who, you know, you said these people were very experienced, they've done it loads of times and having people who have done it, see something in you and just sort of say, you can do this will help you find your way, you know, let's talk about it and helping you maybe find where maybe you're, where you're struggling with something and then how you can get to the next step. I mean, these things certainly help, don't they?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. They do. And they were the ones after, after I finished my, I finished my 50 mile run and these friends were helping another man who was working on doing a hundred mile at the same time.
0: Sure. So
1: I slept overnight. And got up in the morning and then saw him finishing his attempt at 100 miles and they were there helping. And I said to myself, I could do that. <laughs> so I started at 50. And I looked at the 100 mile distance. And by then, you know, I'd been around groups of people who, you know, it was like 100 miles was, yeah, it's not like easy, but it's something that's doable. And so I set my sights on the next distance and, then told my friends who were kind of my mentors, I'm going to do the hundred next year. And they certainly, you can do that.
0: Yeah.
2: No, that's great. I think it's very similar in a lot of ways to, you know, someone on a career path thinking, you know, I want to do this course, or I want to get my bachelor's degree, then I want to do my master's, or, you know, it might be a training course, or I want to get to a certain position, you know, I want to get to an assistant level, then maybe I want to get to an associate level. And it's that sort of process, isn't it, where you're taking it step by step, when you reach a level, you know, you've got there, you've learned some things, and then you're ready to Set your sights on the next big thing, and pursue that almost as you've done with your your ultra marathon distances. It's it's a very similar structure, although running scares the life out of me. I can't <laughs> imagine doing it, but the same process feels very similar to you know even thinking about you know your career. So, would you agree with that? And what would you say to someone who is maybe? looking at taking on a challenge, whether that may be ultramarathon training or some other challenge, what would you say to them? It certainly seems to me that you sort of celebrate your small wins along the way. Although, Mm -hmm. you know, to me, 50k is not so much of a small win but a a fantastic achievement. But in terms of getting to the, the 100k You know, it's a stepping stone towards that. And I think acknowledging that and celebrating that is part of that process.
1: It is. I mean, there's a lot of things I had to learn along the way, but I was kind of taught, you know, not to be proud. kind of the same mindset that held me back. You're not supposed to be a success. You're not supposed to be a winner. That mindset was, you know, if you did do something, you needed to downplay the success. You need to just, you know, don't make too big a deal of, you know, so you don't appear to be proud. So what happens is that your mind, if you have a win, if you have a success and you're kind of like, oh, you know, it's no big deal. Your mind says, well, it's not a big deal. We're not going to do that again. <laughs> and, <laughs> so, and so I had my mind fighting against me. You know, I wanted to be successful, but I kept doing these things that were telling myself, no, it's not you. know, That's not for you. And so you know, learning how to say Wow, I ran 50k. I mean, I did that. I overcame that challenge because it was a challenge. I was I was ready to quit, and I overcame it. And you know, my friends who encouraged me to go on says says your third loop on that 50k was better than your second. So you know, I was able to push through that barrier and actually have success and feel good about it. And that was uh, that was a big, big key to it.
2: And I think reinforcement from people who have done the same as well, and you know, that acknowledgement and recognition. For- from the community as well, that, you know, that, that was really good. That was a great loop that helps to reinforce that. Like I did that, you know, I overcome that. And that helps you to be able to have that conversation with yourself and your mind and say, actually, that was a good thing, you know, rather than no big deal, you know?
1: Yes. Yeah. And you know, you had talked about the fact that not everyone is a runner. The reason I, you know, I became a mindset coach is that the things that I learned in running you know, apply to life. And yeah. so, you know, if I would have known those things about, you know, I, I would have been able to overcome my struggles had I, had I been through some of those things that, the, that I learned in the ultra marathon and that mindset of showing up, you know, putting in the miles, doing the work, the little things, and also gradual progress. You know, I started off with one mile and I walked a lot. <laughs> you know, and, but, you know, it's the same thing with what I encourage people find your epic thing. You know, you don't do something epic right off the bat. But you know, you start with a small step and keep in mind, you know, there's this epic thing that I want to do and I'm headed that way and here's the steps that I'm going to do and I'm and going and putting in the work. The mindset to do and celebrate and work on those small things with the big goal in mind is the thing that, that I learned how to develop and that's what I teach for any goal.
2: Yeah, so I think it's it's the direction of travel rather than your pace (laughs) 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 that seems more important. You know, if you're navigating towards that epic thing and you're making small progress, then that should be celebrated and, you know, it should be acknowledged along the way that you're doing well, even if it's maybe not at the rate of progress you want to do. You know, I know certainly sometimes I set my sights on something and maybe, set out a bigger chunk than what I'm actually able to achieve, but I'm still going in the right direction. And I think it's okay to to readjust. Like you say, you walked a lot. And maybe some days you didn't set out to walk that day. But, you know, sometimes our body tells us we need to just slow down a little, walk a little, but that's still okay. You're traveling in the right direction. So in terms of that, if you had any major, I, I, I don't like to use the word failure, but a lesson maybe Um, (laughs) a lesson's kinder isn't it you know that you've had along the way that's had maybe more of an impact on you or how you overcame that
1: along the way well the interesting thing we as coaches are kind of trained not to use the word failure but I have come to really embrace that and that uh, my first attempt at 100 miles I failed that is part of the appeal of running long distances. And that's the reason I, I went from you know 50 miles to me. When I finished 50 miles, I realized it did not challenge me in the way that I wanted. I celebrated, it was great, but I looked at it and I saw my friend who had run a hundred miles and where he was at. And, and I saw him at about mile nine, no, it was about 85. And I looked at him and I went, whatever he's experiencing right now, I didn't have to push that hard. And so that's why I decided to do a hundred and a hundred mile distance is a whole, it's a whole nother thing. It requires you to dig deep. Yeah. And there are so many things that could go wrong. You can prepare everything. And for me, I was strong enough. I was moving. I was on pace. I was going according to plan in the middle of the night. We had a torrential rain and you know, these are dirt trails. Yeah. So I ran through the rain. I was fine. But about three hours later, the dirt had turned to this mud that was just like grease. And so I couldn't move fast enough. And I got to 84 miles and they said, well, the time limit is, you know, 10 minutes past. You you had to be at this point, you know, so they wouldn't let me to continue. So yes, I first attempted at 100 miles. I failed. You know, there were circumstances that caused that, but I didn't do the distance. I felt good about it. I felt good about what i had done but I didn't meet my goal.
2: Nothing so, I think that's okay as well. You know, it's okay to set out to do something, not quite get there and still feel good about where you have got to, you know, maybe you learned that, you know, in the rain, I mean, we need to do this or, you know, adjust it. And so, you know, I'm sure it was still an experience where you learned something. And then obviously, ultimately, you did go on and do 100 the next time.
1: Yeah, actually, my running friends told me, I'd recovered about two weeks and they came to me and said, you know you're already ready. There's this other hundred-mile race <laughs> in about six weeks. You're ready. Let's go down. We can do that. And so I was able to go and, uh, and finish a hundred miles, uh, about six weeks later. So, and had same kind of challenges. I had, you know, my foot had a pain at about 58 miles and I couldn't really run. So I had to walk, but I finished the distance and
2: Well done. I mean, that's just, I can't even think about running and I think that goes to the (laughs) talking about mind with body. My mind is definitely not on that. My body's not there either, but my mind is definitely.
1: (laughs) Anybody can do those distances. I mean, I've, I've seen people who make that decision. That's really what it is, is deciding that, you know, whatever you want. I mean, for me, it was, I wanted to do that. I wanted to find out if I had what it took to take on that challenge. Um, and I think, whether it's running, whether it's anything else, I think inside all of us, there's the desire to have a significant, big challenge and to do something that's not easy. And we can say, I worked through it. I did this thing. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be big to anybody else. If it's significant and big to you, then that's what I call your epic thing. Yeah. And so that mindset of deciding this is what I want to do and then making the decision to start, that's really where the mindset comes in.
2: It is, isn't it? I think that that's for a lot of people. The hardest thing is that start taking the first step on something can be the hardest one and probably the biggest one sometimes because it can be quite a huge thing to undertake. You know, what advice would you give someone or your younger self, even you know about what you're doing now, what you know now, having done this? What would you say to your younger self that you wish you'd known? I know you mentioned earlier on about you know you feel like you would have come past your challenges easier or maybe, maybe not easier. Maybe you would have found a, a different way to approach um, some of your challenges when you were younger, if you knew what you knew now.
1: I would say to make a decision to manage my thoughts, manage my thoughts and my emotions. That's what I learned to do in this. And I think you know, it just, it took me a long time to get there. Uh, but to tell my, my younger self of learn to manage, manage your thoughts and connect them to your emotions. That, that's what I would say.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. So I think it's a really useful thing to learn to do. It's not an easy thing, but it is uh, you know something I've learned along my way as well. If you can learn how to take power from the thoughts that you have, rather than sort of just letting them pass by or, you know, letting them consume you sometimes, which we also do, and then yes. they don't actually serve us. So it's, you know, allowing your thoughts to then have a purpose and serve you and what you're trying to achieve, I think. Yeah. So a little bit off the track now, do you have any other hobbies or any other interests when you're not on the running trail that you maybe balance um, out? Because obviously running um, a lot of the time is probably quite hard on the body. But also mentally, I'd imagine if you're kind of in that zone and training quite a lot, what do you do to balance that?
1: My wife and I have remodeled homes for the last 30 years. So my wife and I are both self-employed. Okay. And so I am looking to close down the construction part of our business and starting to work as a mindset coach. So this this is kind of a transition for me, the coaching. But I enjoy reading there's always work to do, and that we bought a home that we've rehabbed extensively, and this is the third one we've done. And so, uh, my wife loves to come up with projects of you
0: know
1: <laughs> how, what we can do to the home, and I mean, and her projects are never. I mean, it's not just like putting put a little paint on the walls, and you know, maybe we need a window here, or maybe yeah, this wall needs, this wall needs to be over there. <laughs> and, <laughs> and now we've we've gotten the inside. Done a lot, and she's she's still making plans about what to do to finish the inside. But uh she's working on the on the outside. So, port a patio two years ago, deck this year. So you know, there's always always something to be done. Always something. yeah, you know, something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that that's not that's a necessarily a hobby, but yeah, it, it is something I enjoy. I enjoy working with my hands. I enjoy yeah. seeing those things come to life. With uh, there's
2: something um, great about um a transformational project, isn't there?
1: Yes. Yes.
2: So if you were in my shoes, is there a question that you would have asked that I haven't yet? What's next? <laughs> what is next?
1: What is next? I still have the race that I did not finish. I tried again this year and, uh, out of 45 of us who started only 11 finished, this was a very brutally hot year. I am going to go back and, uh, give it another shot you know, give that a 100 mile race another shot i'm kind of looking at uh, how long i can run you know i'm i'm uh, started running when i was 60 uh, I'm 64 now and so i'm looking at what do i need to do physically and mentally to, to be, able be able to them. run until you know run these distances until i'm in my 80s because there yeah. are people in their 80s who are doing this <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, i've seen some and we we actually had a lady and um, when i used to do kettlebells there was a lady in there. She was well into her seventies, and uh, you know, lifting it is sort of breaking world records and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, it's fabulous to see, and you know, it gives me hope that I'm not too late to start something.
1: Um, <laughs> it's it's never too what, late to start.
2: <laughs> probably not running, but you never know. <laughs> it might, it might well, be.
1: Find what really lights your fire, and find what really makes your passion come alive. I think physical activity is so important. The mind and the body connection has to have some kind of movement, I think. And so, but you know, find that thing that really kind of feeds your soul and uh, and go after that. Um,
2: yeah, I don't, th- don't think it's ever too late to start something new. So that's fabulous. What's a song that either when you're running or not, maybe you have a, a song that, you know, when you're in that moment and that real. Sort of, you know, like you said, when your friend is in that 85th mile and you really have to dig deep, is there a song on your playlist that really helps you just shake up that mindset and make you <laughs> dig a little deeper? Or, you know, is there a song or, you know, if you had a theme tune song, what would that be?
1: The first one that comes to mind. Don't stop. Don't stop believing. Yeah, I can't remember who. I think I know. I think I know what you're talking
2: Um, about. Journey. Journey. Yeah, yeah. Journey. Journey, Yes.
1: Don't stop believing.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: I don't listen to music when I run, and usually the song that's in my head is whatever the latest song I've heard. (laughs) 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 So, in ultra marathon running, the phrase we use is relentless forward progress, and and so it's not about how fast you go. You know, because going a hundred miles, you know, it's not so much about speed. It's about it's persistence. It, it's, about, yeah. it's about that continuous progress. And even the elite runners have to practice that. There are times when the you know elite runners, there's things that happen mm-hmm. and they have to still dig deep and say, you know, I just need to keep moving forward. Yeah. And so that's kind of, you know, for life as well. And that the idea of relentless forward progress that I have, you know, I know so many people and, and people, even friends of mine, they get to a point and they settle. And I've done it. I've hit a point and settled in and gotten comfortable. That's the thing that I don't want to have happen in my life. I don't want to settle, settle in at a place and say, this is as good as it's going to get. And so I have really adopted that. Don't stop. Keep moving forward. And I, so- I, just,
2: I love that relentless forward progress because it's so much about... Certainly what, you know, the term determinator is very much focused about is that just take it, put one foot in front of the other and just keep moving, even if it's a little bit slower, even if it's a little bit harder, just, you know, that relentless, I just love that. So can we just sum up what would be your top three tips for someone who is either facing a challenge or looking to get started on a challenge or, you know, in some way, Related to this mindset approach, what would be your top three tips or piece of advice for someone about to set out or you know struggling with something at the moment?
1: I've developed this. I heard this from someone else as Van, and I've adopted it as my own, and I added some things to it. I'm going to add one more to it. You have to know what you want. And for a long time, you know, I wanted something different, but I didn't. I hadn't really identified what I want. As so, you no, know, decide. This is what I want, decide that you're going to take steps to do it. That's kind of two parts to the number 1. Make a decision, decide number 2, start. You know, kind of what you said, take a small step. You don't have to have the whole thing thought out. Start moving because if you take time to think about it, your mind will talk you out of it because there's a part of us that wants that comfort. Wants yeah. to stay, wants to settle. So getting the process moving is important. I mean, that first thing. So start, start smallest, with my smallest, smallest step you can take. Yeah. Just get started. And then the third one is don't stop. Yeah. Once you get started, don't stop. And there, there'll be setbacks. There'll be times when you know, there'll be times when there's things will, will feel hard. So you kind of make progress. Initially, you get to this middle part, then it gets really, really kind of hard then you have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Even slow progress, just don't stop.
2: Yeah, that's really a great set of um, lessons for people to adopt. Where can our listeners find you on the web or on socials if they would like to learn more about the ultramarathon mindset?
1: My name is Eric Dieter, E-R-I-C-D-E-E-T-E-R. I I own my domain under my name, which is good. So ericdieter.com. Everything is there. You can find me on uh, Instagram as Eric Dieter. So I have a podcast as well called The Ultra Marathon Mindset. Everything you can find is uh, under Eric Dieter. I'm, Instagram is kind of my biggest social, social platform. I'm on Facebook as well, but uh, but yeah, usually I'm interacting on, on Instagram.
2: Perfect. Well, we'll post the links along with this as we um, post it out for our listeners anyway, and they can follow up. Thank you so much for sharing your experience on going from zero to ultramarathon in a short amount of time. You know, thank you so much for that. We really appreciate your experience and talking to you. Thank you, Eric. You're remarkable. So whether you're bouncing back from a challenge or storming forward to the next one, the our Collective is here for you. Stay remarkable, folks. Thank you.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss when new episodes are posted. We will continue to deliver real-life insights on overcoming challenges, practical tips and advice on becoming unstuck with a collective of people just like you, our everyday Determinators. Until next time, take care of yourselves and your friends. Thanks for listening, Determinators. If you enjoyed this episode be sure to subscribe so you don't miss when new episodes are posted we will continue to deliver real life insights on overcoming challenges practical tips and advice on becoming unstuck with a collective of people just like you our everyday determinators until next time take care of yourselves and your friends thanks for listening determinators